Hello, 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 hello. <clears throat> Welcome back to the show, everybody. Oh yeah, this is number five, I guess I've done today. Alright. <clears throat> so, on with the marathon, I suppose. If you could please, 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 head on over to your favorite social network. Search for the hashtag walkaboutrich. That should take you to my content. And then when you get there, like, follow, subscribe, share with a friend, let the world know. And then when you get a minute, send me uh, <clears throat> send me some sort of uh, sign that you're out there. Just you know, throw out, hey, man dig a show it's great I love it <laughs> whatever like follow subscribe good stuff bad stuff let me know um, maybe it's a, a little something that I can change that I can do to accommodate some people the noise in the background once again that is the road it is a part of the show it's probably not going to go away especially anytime soon Maybe one day I can build the walkabout rich empire up to a level where I have an at-home soundproof studio where I can have a podcast with no noise in the background, right? Um, I had considered trying to uh, put some time aside... But, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things. I'm either at home messing with the kids, doing stuff with my family, or I'm at work. All that uh, regularly scheduled free time, alone time, is not, uh, not, uh, not a something, okay? <laughs> I, I got too much stuff going on for ain't nobody got time for that <laughs> I heard that she's uh, that lady that said that is doing well now she was uh, addicted to drugs and whatnot, and has gotten herself all cleaned up and man that's great I, I, I love a I love a story like that. It, that it's it's my story I was addicted to drugs and alcohol and I picked myself up and I'm doing better by myself not alone by myself I'm doing better for myself there that's the word I'm doing better doing better for myself okay and you know I, it's it's kind of a mix of things you know I got into I got into minimalism that that got me back into nature and mixing those two up it it got me to a place where I realized the things that were necessary in life were free. Okay, now, not to say that it's not it's not necessary to do some work. Okay, it doesn't. It's not like you can just sit there and food and water and shelter just present themselves and say, "Here you go." All right. Because, because I had gotten so minimalist in my mind, okay, I, in my mind, I am 
super minimalist. Okay, I got a big M on my chest and no cape because that would be too much extra. Right, not for safety, not for safety reasons, but for minimalist reasons, it's too much stuff. Okay, I don't need a cape. <laughs> um. Uh, anyway, being silly. In my mind, I'm I'm a I'm you know one of those extra extreme minimalists that I keep I keep it in my head that the more stuff I get rid of, the the happier I am because I'm not I'm not having to deal with the stress of all of that stuff. Okay, I, I've got I've got one thing that I'm I, I've got it in my head that I'm pretty I'm pretty attached to. And I don't see it necessarily as a as a horrible bad thing, but you know, it is it is a bit of a hang up that I that I revisit from time to time. I've got this series of books that I fell in love with as a teenager and um, not too terribly long ago um, they stopped making these books. And uh, they're the, the Dragonlance Chronicles. And they're, uh, they're based on uh, play testers for Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, it, they're really, 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 really good books. Like they, from, from the first paragraph until the book is done, it sucks you in, man. I, I have the most awful time trying to stay awake reading a book but whenever I'm reading these books I disappear man I disappear into the books I am in I am in the world of Kryn right and and the 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 companions are around me and we're out on adventure and we're saving the world and all oh man I am in it I can feel the dragon fear now <laughs> like they start they start describing these things happening and I can I can feel it and it's awesome the books are so fantastic and I realized that you know holding on to these books because there's there's like a couple hundred books I realize that holding on to these books kind of kind of stops me from you know being that level of extreme but is extreme really that necessary I'm not sure honestly I'm not really sure But I, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that pushes me. I, I see, I see myself trying to trying to push this as hard as I can, and I know I know that there is a limit. Okay, I I have a. 
How about this instead? I have a perceived limit. And there are a handful of things that I I am very, very, very attached to. Attached to uh, material items that I am very attached to. Like, I'm attached to my wife. I'm attached to my kids. I love them. I would give up all of my stuff before I gave up them. Right? But as far as my stuff goes, these books are, you know, these are going to be like one of the last things given up. And, you know, it, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting that I've, I've that I've, you know, pushed myself to that level. That I, I, I know, I know where there is a perceived breaking point, and I want to, I want to push myself to that. Just like with Buddhism and being a vegetarian. All right, I, I get the spiritual stuff of that. I get the, the ethical stuff of that. All right, but I, I'm not. I'm not there. Okay? It's something I'm going to have to work towards and figure it out once I get there. Is it going to break me from being... Because that, that's... That's where I kind of draw a line. That's where I... I like, there's other people who who follow the rules, who follow being Buddhist, that that see those words of cause of suffering and perceive that as being vegetarian, right? Those people that see that and follow that, those people call themselves Buddhist, and I feel like I would be disrespecting those people by calling myself a Buddhist and not being a vegetarian. So I'm, I'm trying to push myself to that limit to get to that line and then, and then finally make that decision of, okay, you know what? I've, I've got all of this stuff kind of laid out here and there and I'm trying to figure out what's happening next. And this is, you know, this is a good decision. This is a bad decision. This is, this is the route I'm going to take. Not just, okay, Buddha said this, now I'm a, now I'm a vegetarian. Okay, it's decisions like that that we just rush into blindly and not, and not take into deep consideration that has, caused a lot of these problems and we like like I was saying before in the last episode about about seven generations what is this going to do what is this decision that I'm about to make going to affect seven generations from now my kids my grandkids my great 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 grandkids great great
is almost an absolute certainty that I will never I will never see the results of a generation uh, a decision made on seven generations although technology and medicine are making leaps and bounds I'm not sure I might who knows maybe we tap into that that thing that make made it possible for some of those biblical characters to, to live 800 900 years Uh, Wim Hof talking about being able to tap into uh, and tap into controlling and stopping uh, cellular decay and apoptosis and like no way but you can do that through breathing techniques and meditation and you know I'm really starting to believe in this whole living eight, nine hundred years kind of thing, because if the body doesn't die, then constantly being regenerated, then wow, you know, that's just through breathing exercises and a, and a proper diet and, and maintaining activity and movement and doing stuff with our lives instead of sitting on our butts all day staring at the idiot box on the wall, you know, getting out and, and doing something, and then and as I, as I see all of the things that are, you know, not so much, not so much dark and miserable and horrible, but just, contri- you know, little things that contribute to one big thing. You know, it's, it's not, it's not the one speck of dust in the sky that that causes the, you know. The one speck of dust is not the cloud that blocks out the sun. There's a lot. There's a lot of different bits of of dust and debris and whatnot that makes up the clouds in the sky, and then those clouds all gather together, and that blocks out the sun. And it's not one little piece. It's not. It's not sitting down for a couple of hours and watching a movie on the idiot box on the wall it's it's sitting there day after day after day after day having little to no physical activity besides walking into the kitchen and getting more food and then walking back to the couch and sitting down you know what I'm saying it's it's all these little specks of dust. Like my my dashboard right now, it is it's supposed to be black, but because of all of the the dust and, and and stuff like that 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 settles on the dash, it's got it's got a bit of a grayish tone to it. But once I once I wipe all that off of there, it it goes back to its original color. Not original, original because it's it's been a, a year of being sudden baked. <laughs> um, so yeah, that it, it's looking at each one of those little specks of dust and deciding whether or not I want to bother with them. 
all of those little specks of dust are the, the things that we do with our everyday lives. From, you know, like, like looking at, at minimalism. Right? As, as I dug further into minimalism, I realized that simplicity was one of the things that kept coming up that my life is that much more simple now because I don't have to spend all of this time doing all of this stuff with the stuff. You know what I mean? And now, now I get to spend that time doing whatever. I can spend it with my wife. I can spend it with my kids. I can spend it with both. I can spend it with myself. As my as my life got more simple, you know, it was it was less stuff that I had to do. I, I'm not I'm not so much concerned with with spending my life. Doing a bunch of unnecessary stuff. I ultimately come to some sort of a decision that I don't want to be a homeowner you know that that removes some stress in my life that you know I don't necessarily need or want if I do want to be a homeowner then you know and I, I'll and I haven't I haven't had that discussion yet have I Alright, so I'm I'm kind of on the fence of on whether or not I want to be a homeowner or a renter for the rest of my life. Okay. As as a homeowner the thing that makes me nervous, I know there's there's benefits to being a homeowner, right? But benefits to being a homeowner. But I'm more concerned with addressing the things that make me nervous about it right now. One of the big things that makes me nervous is that being a homeowner is expensive. And especially for me because I have a large family and I have to have a large house. And getting into a large house now you know, it's, it's expensive. I don't, I don't have that kind of money to, to be able to put a down payment down on, on a big fancy house. You know what I mean? But I do have, I do have first and last, and this month's rent. So I could. If you know, if I live at a house for a couple of years, if I rent a house for a couple of years, and you know, two or three of the kids graduate from high school and they move out, and we no longer need that space to to handle them. Well, then maybe we can move to a smaller spot, or maybe we can move to a, 
uh, we moved to a, a, I don't want to say a better place meaning you know instead of spending a thousand dollars on 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 rent that has X amount of rooms, X amount of bedrooms and bathrooms to be able to spend a thousand dollars in rent on somewhere that is has a better location. That is more convenient for my wife to get to work. Right. Any any amount of moving to get my wife to a place where it's more convenient for her to get to work is going to be less convenient for me to get to work because I I seriously I live like a mile and a half like the 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 odometer is rolling over to 0.5 as I pull into the parking lot to get to work from my driveway to the parking lot it's, it's a mile and a half and I can drive that in like five ten minutes depending on traffic and the time of day and how fast I want to drive. And it's, it's, it's amazing that, that I see, you know, my minimalist mind is, is, is showing me this convenience of simplicity. That you know, I live a mile and a half from work, and I start to I start to contemplate the issue of do I need a car? Well, not really. I mean, if I could walk a mile and a half in, in an hour, you know, that's giving that's giving plenty of time to to take my time and try to control my body temperature so I don't sweat. Too terribly much, and you know, and I'm, I'm a I'm a sweaty mess by the time I get to work because it's you know it's August 26, and it's like a thousand degrees outside. So maybe if I just I take my time in the morning, and I I won't be too sweaty of a mess by the time I get to work. I don't know. Like I was saying, the thing that scares me most about being a homeowner is is the expense. Because I, I've been a renter all of my life, except for a three-year span where I was technically the homeowner. And all of my life up to that point, if something happened, like if the stove stopped working, I'll go through a list of things that that have happened to the places I've rented. Okay, um, the roof needed to be replaced. Um, two or three of the stoves stopped working. Water heaters had to be replaced a couple of times. Hey, that right there—that is—that's a huge amount of money. But I don't have. 
that I that at that time I didn't have. If I owned a house right now, the house that I live in right now, and the roof sprung a leak I, and had to be replaced, if the roof absolutely had to be replaced, I'd be finished. I, I, don't, I don't have the money. I'm not going to have the money. But... As a renter, the roof starts leaking. Call up the old landlord and say, hey, man, that leak in the roof. Hey, man, pipes burst. This happened, that happened, who knows? Uh, and, and, I, and I'm starting to come to the realization that, that those rules kind of change from area to area because it, and where, I, where I lived in the St. Louis area, you know, you rent an apartment, you rent a house, especially an apartment, it comes with a stove, it comes with a refrigerator, it comes with all that stuff provided by the landlord. And if something were to happen to that stuff, I think there's a kind of a, a gray area with something like the, the dishwasher. And, uh, dishwasher but whenever we moved down here we had to we had to have our own refrigerator and and one of the places we had uh, like where we're at now we had to have our own refrigerator and our own stove and you know, like uh, I, I was kind of kind of lucky that they had them there already and they're like if something happens to these guys we're not going to replace them okay there's a brand new refrigerator and a, and a pretty new stove but like oh that's fine well, we'll, we'll get you a little extra money on the on the rent check and well, that's fine not a big deal um But as as a homeowner, I mean, I, I've been I've been a remodeler. I've been a rehabber. I've been that guy called on the site to replace a water heater. And I don't know exactly because it varies from heater to heater to whatever. But to get somebody like me to your home. And fix something like that. The material, the heater, the labor, you're looking at thousands of dollars. And a lot of places, they're, 
they're not going to get started until you pay up. of a simplicity challenge to try and and try and simplify it as much as I can and as I as I dig farther and farther into the simplicity I I'm starting to realize that you know I don't need these things like I asked the question okay the stove broke the stove doesn't work at all now what? I don't have money to replace it. What do we do? And you start, you start falling back and, and realizing, okay, well, you know, I'm into, I'm into all this camping stuff. I'm into all this bushcrafting stuff. I'm into all this nature stuff. What, is there, is there an answer there? And, and it, and it, poof. Not exactly the the easiest or the most legal way of doing things. But all of that all of those things that you absolutely have to have. They are out there in nature, looking at, looking at you by yourself, trying to, try and keep your spouse and your children out of this. Just you, individually. It makes things a little more complicated once you start adding, you know, adding family into it. It's just you. get in there you're like okay I'm hungry you got a bit of a conscience and you, you don't like the idea of stealing so you're not going to go to Walmart and walk around and be all slick about it and slip a T-bone up your up your jacket and walk out the front door with a big old steak right like what, what's something else I can do out and out there in nature. Hey, yeah, you gotta have license and, and tags and stuff like that. But taking it another step further than that, that it's it's not it's not just you living on this planet with society, take it another step further and take society away from Imagine, imagine if it's you, only you, all by yourself, living on this planet. Humanity, humanity is not here, it's just you. You start asking yourself a question, okay, where am I going to get a job so I can get money, so I can buy stuff? Who, where is the store? Where are the people that work at the store? Where is the stuff that goes in the store? 
Where's the bank at so I can stash my money? Earn some interest. Where are the people that work at the bank? Okay. For me, for me, it's been like a almost a year-long process of digging through and, and taking every last little aspect of my life and, and tearing it apart and breaking it down into its most basic components and, and coming to the realization that, that everything that we absolutely have to have, food, water, shelter, fire, companionship, it's all out there in nature and it's all for free. You don't have to have a nine-to-five job. You don't have to wake up and, and dread Monday. But we've built a society around that idea. That idea that we are we are more advanced than that. We are civilized. We didn't have to resort to our barbaric ways of of walking around in a loincloth. We're better than that now. Are we? Because it seems as though in this pursuit of civilization to be (coughs) generationally better than we were before. pursuit of all this winning we didn't we didn't realize what it was that we were losing and now we've gotten to we've gotten to a place where where billions of acres of the Amazon rainforest is burning and we're still we're still arguing about who gets to drive One of my newest favorite authors. His name is Graham Hancock. Right. And I've been I've been super into this guy for a couple of years now. And he proposed a theory decades ago. just kind of dive through it real quick because it's the the important part is at the end of the story he he proposed that there was a civilization that existed on the planet before this civilization not quite as advanced as we are now but advanced nonetheless and there was uh, a cataclysmic event that caused sea levels to rise 400 feet wiped that civilization out and thus made room for our current civilization to begin. And he's been on Joe Rogan podcast a handful of times. Go to the Joe Rogan podcast, search for Graham Hancock, 
download all of the episodes, listen from the earliest to the most recent, and and listen to the evolution of his theory becoming more and more reality. That that is I mean that that builds up to the most important part of all of the time that he's been on any any amount of social media interview or videos or podcast or whatever. It all leads up to the, the question that he finally asked is what kind of people make it through that? He's talking about an asteroid striking our planet and ending the, the last ice age. And, and melting trillions of acres of, of glacier. Water that that went into creating the Great Lakes and and rising sea levels 400 feet. Wiping out the entire civilization. Look at our look at our map right now. Right? Look around at 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 the at the population centers around the world. Well, 99.9% of them are at sea level. And I know places like Miami, Florida, and New Orleans and Louisiana, and especially New Orleans. New Orleans is below sea level. Miami is like a foot above sea level. The, the whole like there, there's like a dip in Miami that is below sea level. If you were to raise sea level, in 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 my country alone, in America, you'd wipe out places like New York City. Just twenty foot, you'd wipe out places like New York City, Washington D.C., Miami, New Orleans. A big chunk of of Southern California. Okay, all of these places getting wiped out, and they're not just population centers; they're cultural centers as well. To have all those people wiped out, Graham Hancock asked the question: Who survives something like that? And to, to paraphrase his answer and interpret it in my own way, those people that are more in tune with nature, that have the, the knowledge and the skill to live off of the land, because, you know, when these big population centers get wiped out and there's nobody. You know, those people, a lot of those people die off, and then there's disease and famine and, and war and struggle and strife, and before you know it, and, and a, you know, there's, there's this thing that happens, like a rock falls from the sky and, and hits the earth and hits Antarctica and melts that ice, 
and raise the sea level to 400 feet, you're going to wipe out a big chunk of our population. And then a year from now, things are going to be way, way, way different than they were right now. Not just because of the of that event, but because the people themselves, the, you know, the people that didn't die in the initial flooding, you know, they die from disease because they've had to move to places that they're not accustomed to. Like whatever the whatever the Europeans they got to they got to South America and they went they they got to the the northern end of the Amazon and followed the Amazon all the way down into Brazil and back out to the ocean. They they visited with all of these tribes and didn't realize that they were giving smallpox to everybody that they were breathing on. And then it was like another hundred years before there was another expedition down the Amazon. And they had talked about the the millions of people that that populated this area, but they they weren't there a hundred years later because they they were dead and such, and because it's such a, a fast growing dense rainforest, there wasn't any sign of these people either. The the vegetation had grown up and and recovered the whole area that that was said to have had, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of people. those people that that don't understand that this plant is food and that plant is poison and how to construct a, a, a reasonable shelter, an emergency shelter, a semi-permanent shelter, a full-on permanent shelter, how to create tools, how to live off of the landscape, to grow their own food, to, to do to understand the working knowledge of animal husbandry and, and stuff like that, you're not going to make it. So I I take that that conversation, that portion of the conversation or every episode that he's ever done of any podcast or interview or anything. I, I use Graham Norton and all of his information as my ultimate excuse for holding on to the word survivalist. You know, I don't, at this point right now, my main, my main purpose in developing these primitive skills is to become more in tune and more aligned with nature and not have to depend so much on society and technology to live my life. You know, I'm not I'm not living my life better because of technology. I'm I'm living I'm working harder as as a human. I'm working harder to to advance technology. Because, you know, it's like, 
like uh, CD players. We used to have compact, or uh, we used to have cassettes. And then, and then CD players came. They were brand new technology, ultra expensive. But it took those people buying that, buying that brand new technology and spending their money on that stuff that, that made it possible to advance the technology and make it better and make it cheaper. make sense but ultimately we don't need to do that because we don't need that stuff we don't need to work hard to advance technology because we don't need it there's a real low level amount of technology that we really you don't really need, but it makes life that much easier, you know? We'll get into, we'll get in, into the weeds on that in, in another episode. Where are we at on time? 45 minutes. I hope, I hope this is making some sense. I hope that it's it's at least stirring up some conversation in your head and it makes you want to say you know what Rich I'll I'll bite how about this dot 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 that turns into some conversation and and maybe we'll we'll, we can find some sort of middle ground but I'm still I'm still convinced that you know stuff like computers and cell phones and cars and 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 all that type of stuff it's it's not absolutely necessary yeah it's fun yeah it's entertaining yeah it's something to do you know but it's not absolutely necessary and if and if me being if if my desire to be as far extremely away from this high technology stuff as possible raises some sort of an awareness that that hopefully that awareness sinks in and we find out that it, it's not it's not the stuff that's making us happy the stuff might be a little more convenient and make our life a little bit easier hopefully we can find a, a balance we can That instead of you know instead of things advancing at such an alarming rate that you know the our environment our our world our our earthly apartment building can't keep up and catches on fire and all of the stuff that that we consider to be food starts dying off because we keep killing it with all the plastics and poisons and 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 all that stuff. You know, one of my favorite things is you know once we've caught 
the last fish or we've burnt down the last tree and we've poisoned the last river only then will we finally discover that we cannot eat money and and it's little stuff that scares the life right out of me man especially living at a time right now where you know billions of acres of the Amazon rainforest have have burnt away and it took them three weeks to finally get that story to my ears a regular old Joe Schmo nobody in the middle of southwest Missouri you know what I mean if they're if they're that good at hiding this how you know how good are they hiding other stuff that dives into a bunch of conspiracy theories and and stuff like that that you know has a rabbit hole that is crazy that I don't necessarily want to get into in this episode alright we'll just call this one a bit of the old general conversation because it it is. Now it's my goal in all of these episodes to find, you know, to to stir up conversation and ask a bunch of questions and provide an ample opportunity for you, the listener, to contact me and give you a bunch of stuff to talk about. I really want to talk to Rich about this thing. Do it. Okay? Do it. Go to go to your favorite social media place. Right now I'm on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. I don't know if there's other ones to be on, but I I will find them and attempt to be on them. And you can send me a private message on any of those, or you can just outright ask a question. You know, how do I say? I'm I'm very interested. I'm very excited about being able to have this conversation with. I'm excited about learning stuff. I'm not I'm not so much into the whole idea of of doing stuff to earn money to buy stuff. I'm I'm more interested in in living a humble life and exploring ideas and becoming wise and experiencing things like whatever. Experiencing what it's like to to stand on on the edge of the Grand Canyon and camp there and and wake up in the morning and and watch the sunrise and and watch the sun travel across the sky and, and 
and set. Take lots of pictures and, and video and meditate and just absorb all of that natural energy. Take that experience with me into the next day and spread it around and, and do my very best to describe and show what that experience was like to entice others to do the same. You know, to do that right now, to to suggest something small and simple. Go to your city park. Go to your city park. Find a big patch of grass. Take your shoes off. Go walk around in it. Okay? Find yourself a nice big patch of grass. It doesn't have to be your city park. It could be out in your front yard. Right? But but walk out there and and put your bare feet on the ground. And and feel that energy. It, to me, it's it's an amazing thing. And it's an easy thing. But just start there. Take your shoes off. Go walk around out in the grass. Go to a state park or a conservation area. And, you know, it, it, I, I like to go out on trails. most of the time I've got to have my shoes on. But I've been I've been trying to do this barefooting thing for a while and sometimes you come across a sharp rock. Sometimes you hurt your foot. So I'd be willing to bet 99.9% .9 of the time you see me out on a trail, I've got flip-flops on. You know, unless it's unless it's like zero degrees outside and I'm walking around out in the snow. <laughs> but maybe even then, I heard about this guy called Wim Hof. I'm try out some of his stuff and see how it works. As, as as I look back on the episodes and as deep as I think I've gone I realize I'm really only just scratching the surface and it's that little scratch that I'm going to dig into and I'm going to get deeper and deeper and deeper and I'm going to see how far down this rabbit hole goes It's like, like get a, get a look up a map of the Amazon River, and you see that 
there's there's kind of that one path from one end all the way to the other and then there's there's thousands tens of thousands of these little branches okay that's that's what I perceive this rabbit hole to be there's you know you can fall straight from the top to the bottom which I've pretty much done already but I want to explore all these little these little tributaries and streams and branches of of this that it's, and it's as I explore each one of these it becomes that much more of an amazing thing alright and I, and I can't help but want to share this trip with people it's so amazing to me that somebody else might find it that amazing as well and I can't I can't stomach the idea of sitting on this and not sharing it with people even if it's just one person hip hop hooray I, I feel like I've accomplished something alright so please please pretty please with lots of sugar on top go to your favorite social media network search for the hashtag walkaboutrich like, follow, subscribe share with a friend and interact with me super duper most important interact with me okay because that's that's me learning that's you learning that's me teaching that's you teaching What a wonderful world it would be. So, have yourself a very, very fantastic day. And I will talk to you later, man. Goodbye.